Letter Hopping by P.E. Rowe After Athos, life got unusually quiet aboard Yankee Chaos. It wasn't for want of activity or effort. There was nothing Carolina and the crew wanted more than the next crucial piece in the puzzle they were desperately trying to put together. They'd learned more than they ever imagined they'd know about the origins of the war. They even had the particulars. Money exchanging hands, the dates, even some of the names. Yet, the organizing force behind it all, the story that would make sense of it, hadn't revealed itself in the data or the accounts of eyewitnesses, the historical records they'd stolen. And Carolina's father, Barnard Dreesen, certainly hadn't shed any light on the questions she wanted answered. If anything, all he'd done was cast more doubt over her certainty that something was wrong with the story everyone had been told about the war, that the Trasp and the Aterrans were fighting each other for the oldest reasons, over territory, over resources, over future hegemony of the region. It was difficult to know what piece of knowledge they should even be seeking. So Carolina resolved to settle for the last item they'd all agreed on before their visit to Athos. That piece also had human intelligence attached to it, in the form of Fieldstone, who was out in the lettered system somewhere, trying to track down Acop Hernan, the only living Ateran deputy war chief who wasn't known to be on Edoras. Or at least Fields and Transom thought he was still living. And if he was, Fields had been confident he could find him, even in a vast swath of star systems as enormous as the letters. The trouble Carolina and crew had been dealing with was finding Fields again, even with the crafty old Ateran major dropping breadcrumbs for them to follow. Letter-hopping was what Ren and Soch called it, familiar territory for two former members of the Letter Select Service. They'd gotten shipped around to hot spots more times than they cared to remember during their years in the military. Transom had done his share of letter-hopping as well, albeit far more quietly than the others. Carolina was starting to knock letters and systems off her list. Caparodia, where they dropped off Fieldstone before Athos. Alpha Origi before that, where Carolina had a few vivid memories and a souvenir in the form of a leg wound from a bolt round at Ashvedal. And that was only a marginally worse memory than her trip to Pax Heavy in the Outer Betas. Since Athos, fortunately, their stops hadn't been quite that eventful. They'd picked up Fieldstone's trail and lost it again, four times over nearly four months. Carolina now had seven more letters on her list. A Lambda, two more Kappas, Anor and Mafinga, a Beta, three Alphas, and even a stop in the nearly vacant Deltas. Fieldstone was leaving coded notes at outposts, using references and character names from an obscure Charon novel by Lusall about the world wars on Earth, old-school spycraft of the kind he and Transom liked. No way to crack it except to know, and nobody else could know but those two. Still, what they got was usually vague. A hint of jasmine, a building made of concrete and stone, Jeremiah Youngblood, Fish Creek, Coffee at Midnight, Himmler, Pine Martin, Elizabeth Harris, the Jesuits, and somehow Transom would disappear for 15 minutes and come back with a list of places Fieldstone had checked and come up empty as well as a list of possible places he thought Acop Hernan was likely headed. Even the Mycons couldn't quite figure out their methodology completely. 
But Fields was certain now that Hernan was out in the letters, and that he was moving around, never settling in one place for very long. They were on the third possible system from the last valid update they'd gotten from Fields over six weeks prior. Nix. There was some debate, even within the system, whether Nix was an Alpha, a Beta, or an Indy. But following the outcome of Carolina's meeting with her father on Athos, and the fact that no one had bothered the Yankee chaos in several months, the crew had grown complacent. When Transom went out to the drop location to see if Fields had left a message, Wren attempted to sneak off the ship without an escort. The Micon clone caught her on the outpost's security feed about a hundred meters into the concourse. Carolina sent Soch chasing after her. Wren could hear his metal leg clunking up behind her in a rush. Really, Soch? You're going to chaperone me while I shop for underwear? Not my call, doctor, he said. Talk to the captain. He handed Wren an earlink. Wren, what the hell? Carolina asked from the flight deck of the Yankee Chaos as Wren popped in the earpiece. Sneaking away is one thing, but deliberately dropping comms? I couldn't exactly sneak away if I were carrying a device now, could I? What are you sneaking away for, Wren? It's not like Socher Harold have a busy afternoon planned. I shouldn't need to go through chain of command to go off ship, Carolina. We haven't been bothered in months. At some point, it's appropriate to take down the alert level. And I'm tired of asking permission, frankly. I've done far more than enough of that in my life. I don't need to be answering to you or Soch or Transom or anybody else. Maybe so. And maybe I'm not the one best suited to make the call when we should ease up on security. But neither are you, doctor. Not without a conversation, at least. Take Soch with you, and we'll discuss it among the group on ship. This is bullshit, Wren grumbled, handing the earpiece back to Soch. He popped it in and stood beside Wren for a few seconds, nodding as Carolina relayed her orders. Still want to go, Wren? He said to her as he tapped off the earbud. Well, I suppose if I must have a chaperone, I could do worse. So smiled. I read there's a good noodle place on B-deck, after you're done shopping, of course. I could be talked into noodles, Wren said, nodding. Yep, that would not take much convincing. The outpost at Nix, nearest the incoming airfield, was little different from a hundred other places in the letters with similar services. There were shops for staples and provisions for long haulers, and there was a cargo hub adjacent the front-facing consumer areas that the capital city magistrates kept well segregated. That way their visitor and tourist segments looked far more appealing than many similar outposts. A few more amenities and posh hotels and the outpost might blossom into a genuine destination for regular people one day. But for experienced letter hoppers like Wren and Soch, Nix was no different from a hundred other outposts strewn about the letters. Shops, hotels, restaurants, suppliers, travelers, and locals. Deja vu. Wren got her shopping done fast, and figured, as long as she had to have an escort, at least they should both have a decent time. They got noodles, had a few beers, and were walking back through the shops, occasionally popping inside to check out something that caught either Wren's curiosity or Socius' desire for something either alcoholic, sweet, or both. They couldn't resist entering a chocolate shop, whose inviting aroma had been calling to them from down the concourse. While she was browsing, Transom pinged Soch to check on their status. 
Ren continued to browse, completely unaware that she'd stepped out of her escort's line of sight while he was distracted. Suddenly, a man was directly in front of her, so large and so terrifying that the sight of him left her breathless, unable to react. She froze, fixated on his menacing face, a head taller than Soch or Transom. Shock. Before she'd recovered from that momentary loss of composure, his gigantic right hand was around her throat, pushing her back into the dark rear corner of the shop. Then he moved her with such ease, silently, into the annex that opened to the rear supply room behind the shop. Don't cry out, he said, emotionlessly. I know who you are. Today, I mean you no harm. Do not do anything rash that would force this to become unpleasant. Do you understand me? Ren nodded. She was simultaneously paralyzed with fear, but oddly calm. She had the sense that whatever this man was, a killer of some kind, certainly, he didn't seem to be a liar. She felt her neck in his hand. She knew he could crush her throat. I would like you to pass this message to your captain. It's okay. You can look at me when I'm talking to you. He could see she was afraid to even raise her eyes up to meet his. Most people were afraid that they may offend him with their reaction. He knew he wasn't pretty. That wasn't his gift. She reluctantly looked up and met eyes with him, eyes as cold as transoms at the Eterans' worst moments. A memory stick, he said. Simple. Give it to her with my compliments. A few things she should know. Also, I have it on good authority the Eteran you're looking for is on beta call, or at least he was there recently. There's something very strange going on out here, and your captain and your Terran friends are fixing to step in it. Something is coming. Make your choices accordingly, Doctor. The first and most important of which should be standing right in that spot for at least a minute when I go, and the second should be acting like nothing at all happened when your half-metal friend asks you where you disappeared to. I don't want to have to work today. And you don't want that either, Doctor. Understood? Wren nodded. Consider this a favor. Perhaps someday you'll have the opportunity to pay it back. You'd do that, right? Uh, of course. Uh, of course I would. I knew I'd like you best of all your friends. Buy some chocolate, Dr. Wren. Calms the nerves. He released her neck and walked back through the annex to the employee entrance and freight access. Wren let out a deep breath and reached for the wall, steadying the legs she hadn't realized had gone nearly gelatinous beneath her. He'd nearly been holding her up with that one hand. Slowly, she began to count out a minute, breathing, processing, grateful. Wren waited until everyone was back aboard Yankee Chaos and underway before telling Carolina about the encounter. About those security measures, she said to Carolina, who was strapped into the captain's chair aboard the flight deck. What about them? Honestly, Wren, can't this wait until we jump out? I know it's frustrating, but... No, Carolina? Wren interrupted. There was an incident. An incident? What do you mean? Soch didn't say anything about an incident. Wren pulled herself down to the seat beside Carolina and buckled herself in across the waist. Soch didn't say anything because he didn't know, and I didn't say anything to him because I like him 
and I didn't want him to end up dead because I couldn't keep my cool. Ren? Someone approached me. Well, not someone. He was pretty much like the living incarnation of all your greatest fears sprung to life in human form. Is this a joke, Ren? No, seriously, Carolina, the guy was terrifying. Why am I just hearing about it now? That's why you're just hearing about it now. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He told me to keep my mouth shut and give this to you. Ren passed the data stick to Carolina. I got the feeling that if he'd had any motivation to hurt us, we'd all be very dead. Very dead, Carolina. I don't know why he didn't want to kill us or what he wanted from me other than for me to hand you that. And to be honest, I didn't ask in the moment because I was too absorbed in the very real struggle to control my bladder. So apart from telling you that you are right about keeping the security measures in place and handing you that data stick, I don't have much more to add. Oh, wait, he did say one thing that was important, or at least I thought so in the moment. I'm going to have Sebastian and Mike debrief you, Ren. Well, fine, I guess. But Carolina, he said something strange was happening. Like in the letters, I guess. Something building. Or maybe he said something was coming. Anyway, that's it. Oh, and he said Fieldstone is on call. Is that all, Ren? And where's call, by the way? In the betas. And yeah, I think mostly that's it. But on second thought, I may be underselling the degree to which I glossed over most of the important things. He was really scary. I almost peed. I wasn't exaggerating about that. Beta call? Mycon will know. Sebastian? Carolina said over comms. Will you come up to flight, please? I need you and Mycon Prime to debrief Ren. I'm pretty sure I told you everything. Carolina looked over at Ren, shaking her head. Maybe. Pretty mostly sure. Make it a heading toward the Beta's ship, Carolina instructed the Mycon clone. We'll dial that in after the doctor's debriefing. Very good, Mycon answered. General heading plotted. At first, Ren's debriefing went smoothly, with Mycon asking simple questions, leading her through gentle memory exercises while Transom looked on. Soch expressed that he thought something funny had happened in the chocolate shop, simply by Ren's behavior after the incident, but he hadn't pressed the issue because Ren had been adamant that everything was fine. She still insisted it was, but after Mycon had extracted all the details of the conversation, he pressed Ren to generate an image of her abductor from the recall program in the neuroband. Not a chance in hell, guys. No way. You object? Mycon asked. Could I be any clearer? More rightly, I should ask you why you object, Doctor. He's not the issue. If I generate an image for you, everyone's going to think it's a good idea to chase this guy down. That's the last thing we should do. The last thing in a million years, Mycon. The message is important, not the messenger. You said this guy's like galactically badass? Transom said. What are we talking here? Clearly he's got skills if he pulled you away under Socius' watch. Ren looked over at Transom, shaking her head. I'll put it this way. If he came after you, Sebastian, you'd be lucky to come out of it the way you did with a Bali. I know that's a low blow, but I'm just talking facts here. You're a kitten compared to this guy. I know that'll probably just trip your ego, but so be it. 
Transom scoffed and smiled at the same time, shaking his head. Doctor, I'm not still alive because I think I'm the toughest guy in the universe. I'm still alive because I've always known exactly where I stand. There are definitely fights not worth having. This is one of them. Okay, that's fine, Transom said. None of us have a death wish, which is exactly why we need to know what's motivating this guy. He tells us we can find fields on Beta Call, and maybe that's true. Or, maybe it's true that he knows there's something else waiting for us there. Trust my instincts on this, Sebastian. If he wanted us dead, we'd already be dead. Transom shrugged and looked at Micon Prime. What do you think, Bolts? He surely could have killed the doctor, and likely gotten the jump on Soch as well. If he knew who Ren is, then he likely knows about the rest of the crew, or at least some of us. Beta Call was in Fieldstone's drop two notes ago. We didn't go there because it was third on the list, but the odds of this guy pulling out a random place that was in Fields' notes? Transom shook his head. Minuscule to non-existent. The question is whether we'll be flying into a trap if we go there. Mycon stated, I would still prefer to identify your assailant, Doctor. That would help us to determine how to proceed. Unnecessary, Carolina said, floating into the atrium from the four decks. I have an idea what his motivation was, at least in approaching Wren. I doubt he had any intention beyond passing on information that he happened to have regarding Fieldstone. Care to share? Transom said as Carolina approached the table and pulled herself down. Carolina sighed. For now, no. His message was for me personally. I'll share it if it becomes relevant, but I'm confident he has no ill intent. It's as Wren said. If he did, we wouldn't be here having this conversation. We'd have been dead a long time ago. I've ordered your clone to set a course to beta call, Mycon. I'll leave it to you, Sebastian, and Soj to work out a probable location to start a search for Fieldstone when we arrive. Wren's assailant? is to be strictly forgotten. Galactic badass, Transom said, raising his right hand to his brow and saluting. Aye, aye, Captain. I will say, Wren added, that I'm getting the feeling all this quiet since Athos. I think it was just an aberration. The calm before the storm. I hope I'm wrong. Transom, Mycon, Soch, and Carolina spent some time en route planning for Beta Call. Their tactics for reacquiring fields were well-practiced. Ingress and egress were always Transom's focal point. Fieldstone would have to arrive and depart from defined funnel points if he were traveling commercially. From there, he'd likely be searching for Akop Hiranen in a finite number of suitable locations for an Eteran warchief in exile. Those hotspots would be on the list of places to visit as well. And, Given this was their hottest lead in months, only Carolina and Wren would remain on ship. Carolina to coordinate, Wren because she didn't feel so adventurous after their last stop. Call was a well-populated planet by letter standards, not nearly as populous as Helenia, Athos, or Iophos, or even Port Cullen or some of the Indies, but any planet where people could breathe the air and otherwise not be crushed by a dense atmosphere or weighted down by an oppressive gravitational pull, tended to attract settlers. And settlers generally came with an expansive vision, if not for the settlement, certainly for their own lives. Beta Call, like many similar planets in the letters, 
offered people the opportunity to put that vision into practice under a real sky, on real land, with real air to breathe. So people came in droves. The commerce, travel, and growing communities offered ample opportunities for someone to genuinely get lost. Unlike stations or cylinders, or more established planets with clearly defined travel corridors and approach enforcement, a ship could set down in the wastelands here without much trouble. So it was possible Hernan was hiding on call in some obscure outpost. But Mycon and Transom began their search for Fieldstone around the two spaceports and their landing fields. The Mycon clone spotted Fields five hours after Yankee Chaos landed. He popped up on the specific facial recognition filter the Mycon was running on the planet's open camera feeds. Fieldstone was in the southern city of Sangoy, just outside the second largest landing field on the planet. From there, it was just a matter of hours before Transom, Soch, Mycon, and Harold managed to locate him in a crowded market. He wasn't alone. Fieldstone made a friend, Transom announced to Carolina over comms. How much does she know? Carolina asked. Way to cut right to it, Transom replied. I hope you'll be a little more hospitable if we decide to bring her aboard. Given recent circumstances, can you blame me for being cautious first? Fields vetted her. Mycon is verifying her identity and background through the city's network. We won't bring her back if anything suspicious pops up. But Fields says she's solid, so I expect her to check out. And he expects her to come with us? Look, boss, he's been on a unit his entire life. I'm a rare case of a solo operator, but Fields is used to being around people. He's been out here for months, so it makes sense. I need to account for whether it makes sense for us, Sebastian. Our ship is half empty, and she seems all right. It's a spaceship, Carolina. We can always dump her somewhere later if she's not worth the trouble. I want you to vet her seriously, Transom. Don't just wave her through because Field says so. We can't afford mistakes. Not in the personnel department. Roger that, Transom said. Heavy scrutiny incoming, boss. We'll see you in a few hours, whether she clears or not. I won't get too heavy into the details, but Field says we're on our target. He's out here. Very good, Carolina said. Please tell Fieldstone we're looking forward to seeing him again. It's a relief to finally reconnect. Carolina kept them all waiting in the atrium during takeoff. She didn't want to sit out there on the sands of Call's southern airfield for very long with the ship powered down. She discussed it privately with the Mycon clone. There was danger that Fields could have been seen by Hernan's people and followed. It was also possible his guest could still pose a threat, despite Fields, Transom, and the Mycons clearing her. It did them no benefit to sit on the deck when they could just as easily be safe in space, with a clear line of sight until they got their plans straight. Hospitable it wasn't, though. She found Fieldstone, Transom, and Soch strapped in at the atrium table with their guest when she came floating in about an hour after takeoff. The room got instantly quiet as all eyes turned her way. Their guest, a brown-eyed, brown-haired woman, a few years younger than Wren by the look of her, gazed over at Carolina curiously and then at the others around the table. Interesting, she said. Oh, Carolina said. What's so interesting? I'm guessing by the energy in the room that you're the captain. Please stop me if I've missed the mark. 
Carolina shook her head. That's interesting. Two of the hardest Terrans I've ever set eyes on, and a letter's rock hopper so hard he wouldn't let them put them back together properly? And they're taking orders from you? The woman raised an eyebrow. I was going to ask her how much you've read her in, Fields, but I guess the answer is not much. That's really your discretion, Captain, Fieldstone said. Drya has been invaluable tracking down Hernan. Our ship's AI relayed as much, yes, Carolina said. Drya, I'd like to thank you for your help so far, and welcome you aboard. I understand you're an investigator? The woman shrugged. That's really a bit of an overstatement. I find people for a living is all. Never anything like this, though. I've never seen so many. Drya paused and looked around the table. Let's call it a unique group of people you've put together here, Captain. Fate's got as much to do with it as I have, that's for sure. So you haven't told her, like, anything? Sosh asked, looking over at Fields and then back at Carolina. Not even... My name? Carolina said, looking at Drya. She shook her head. I just knew there was a captain. Fieldstone didn't say anything about you. They're pretty good at keeping their mouths shut, these Aterans. At least as it comes to tactical matters. But I can see why these boys jump when you say so. There's a little more to it than that, Transom said. How about you get us started, old man? Presumably you've done a little more than locate Heronin in all this time. Yeah, Fields agreed. Dry has been extremely helpful with that. She's got a knack for finding the easy way of doing things, especially keeping track of people. I want to hear more about that after the briefing, Carolina said, gesturing for Fields to continue. We picked him up nine weeks ago in the Alphas. I'll give you a detailed set of notes when we're done. But the short version is that Hernan has been hopping around between planets, and we're not exactly sure what to make of the pattern of behavior. It's not entirely strange for an Terran to be out in the letters like this. And at first, I thought he might be hiding. At first? Well, I doubt that's what he's up to. The stops have been short, for one. A couple weeks here, a couple weeks there. And even that wouldn't be so odd for such a high-level official if he were hiding, moving from safe house to safe house. If he'd really run afoul of the high command, I wouldn't really want to be so stationary either until I was 100% sure of the setting. But the thing that bothers me is his people. Dry has been close enough to put eyes and cameras on them twice, and I'll confer with Sebastian on the video for his take, but mine's this. These guys are operating out here, planning something. I'm almost certain Hernan's in play. What makes you so sure of that? Transom asked. Field shook his head. My gut, mostly. But I look at the way they move. It wouldn't be so unlikely for a guy like Hernan if he were to go into hiding to take like five or six loyal guys his guys, to run a security for him. A cushy retirement for everyone. But Hernan has been out here for some time, and these guys? I've watched them. They're razor sharp. The way they walk, they move, they scan a perimeter? No. If this guy were just hiding, I just don't see it. His guards are operating. He would have the best to choose from, Transom suggested. Even the best, when they retire, still look retired. Fieldstone insisted. These guys aren't on a sunsetter. That's not all, Drya said. I notice they're only jumping to and from planetary outposts. And fine, it's a little easier to get on and off worlds like Call and Petros without anyone noticing. 
But if I wanted to hide, I'd poach an identity and vanish into some innocuous little residential cylinder group and never be seen again. Disappear. I might be able to find them given enough time, and maybe people in my line of work could, but few others. The thing you can't do inconspicuously from megastructures that you can do from planets is move people and weapons and even bots. That's the gut part of it, Fields continued. I don't have any direct evidence for it, but I can feel something coming out here. Almost every place we've stopped, there's that feeling in the air. Things just a little too quiet. People uneasy. What's your sense of it? Transom asked. Acop Hernan doesn't look like a man in control of what's coming. I think they've got some intelligence about a move coming. Human intel or catch calculating something. My guess is that Hernan was out here hiding, and the HC knocked on his door to have him get a read on it. I suspect he's been gathering intel from local informants and deep embeds. Spies? Carolina asked. Does Edoras have many spies in the letters? Where's she from? Drya asked. I had you pegged for somewhere east, and I know you're not a Terran from your accent, but... She's not local, Sosh said. That's not important right now, Carolina said. Please, Fields, continue. Well, that's it really, Captain. I'm confident something's about to pop off out here soon. I have no idea what it is, but I know that energy when I see it. What do you suggest? Wait, Sosh said. Just so we're clear, are we talking offensive here? Out in the letters? Or just a few local skirmishes like we get out in the lambdas and kappas on the regular? Something major, Field said. You can bank on it. And I suggest we pick up Heronin before whatever's coming goes down. After that, all bets are off. Transom scoffed. You said he's got, what, five, six operators around him? Five, Field said. And they're top guys. But whatever it is they're looking for, they aren't looking for us. Can she fight? Transom asked, gesturing toward Drya. Fields shook his head. She doesn't even take bonds, Sebastian. I told you, she does things the easy way. Drya finds long-lost cousins and people who skipped out on mortgages. So us three. And your friend, presumably, right? Drya said, gesturing to the aft decks of the ship where Micon Prime was monitoring the conversation remotely. She picked up on the group's reaction even though no one said anything. Is he a bot? That shell he's running. Whoa. He looks human. I've never seen anything like that. He's from back east too, Carolina said, grinning. Well, that's a lot to think about, Fieldstone. Alpha Petros is a few days out. Get your notes to the ship, please, and we'll continue this discussion as we get closer. Nobody had been to Petros not even Soch, who'd been to more planets in the letters than a fair amount of deep-space couriers. By reputation, it was a harsh place. Deep rocky canyons and craggy mountains were the major features of the landscape, with a thin atmosphere and very little water, so the sky was clear, almost perpetually, and dark. It was cold and required a nanosheet to breathe almost everywhere on the planet's surface, except for the three deepest impact craters. Each of these massive flat bottom bowls were distinct municipalities, population-dense cityscapes, the two smaller of which were covered over with vast nano-diamond filament domes that were as much to protect against incoming particulate matter 
as to retain the thin atmosphere that did little to shield against that low-probability, high-cost threat. Petros would never be a high-value planet without serious terraforming efforts. And so far, in its history, nobody with serious resources and know-how had seen Petros worthy of those efforts. This was a place for deep space miners, grunts, workers, and the support services that catered to the taste of such folk. My guess is that you and your people will stand out down there, Drya told Carolina in a briefing. Honestly, if we need to go in, I don't even think Field should come with me. Soch could pass, and maybe the Herald, but not even that other bot. I thought you said you haven't been there, Transom said. I haven't. But I know these outlying alphas. Trust me, we're close enough to the Protectorate. The second you and Fields open your mouths, you'll get noticed, and not in a good way, Sebastian. What about Hernan and his people? That should make it manageable for me to find him, Drya said. Carolina was still skeptical of Fieldstone's new friend, but her experience finding people who were tough to locate had already proven useful to Fields in quickly picking up Hernan each time he jumped worlds. Carolina invited her up to the flight deck to teach her some of the tricks of the trade as they were approaching Petros. Drya began by syncing her notepad with the MyCon clone's location algorithm. She had data categories that people outside her line of work wouldn't think of, and importantly for this stop, she had access to data for the landing fields. That sort of information would allow the MyCons to scan the landing fields for all the ships parked above the rim of the craters. According to Fields, Drya told Carolina. Aterans like to run in certain types of civilian ships when they're sneaking around out here. They switched out Hernan's ship about a month back. But odds are good he won't have any suspicions anyone's onto him. We should be able to ID his ship from orbit. Then it's just a question of finding him in the city nearby. Mycon? Carolina asked the ship's clone. Drya is correct, he said. A high likelihood. Wow. A genuine MyCon and that other bot, Mr. Perfect back there? What are you doing on this ship, young lady? Drya said, pausing and then putting up a hand. You know what? I'm not sure I want to know. I've really stepped into something with you folks, haven't I? Carolina exhaled and shook her head. Maybe. Yeah, probably we all have. I've never met two Aterans like that. I took one look at Fields and like, whoa boy. They don't make many like him. Not in my parts. I had to get to know him. I'm not sure there are many like him anywhere, even on Edoras. And they both want to get close to this retired war chief, but they're Terrans too. I don't know what Fields must have done that he can't approach his own, but that's something else I probably don't want to know, right? I would like to know something, Captain, if you can tell me. Sure, if I can answer. Are we going to end up dead? I mean, like high likelihood? Carolina smiled. Doubtful. She paused. Well... Carolina sat for another moment, considering. That's not a good sign, Drya laughed. You'd be safer tracking down long-lost cousins, Carolina conceded. I honestly think there's a good chance I could get killed doing what we're doing eventually. But I'm not worried about that today. Right, Drya said. I'm not sure how long I'll be aboard with you all, but do me a favor and tell me when you do get worried. Oh, believe me, Carolina said. You'll know.
The Micon clone located Akop Hernan's ship on approach to Petros. With a thin, cloudless atmosphere, the Yankee Chaos wasn't even in orbit before they narrowed down their target to the Gavron Crater, the Middle City, as it was known on Petros, located in the northernmost impact basin, under one of the clear diamond domes. Dryas suggested she go alone to attract the least attention. When Carolina offered to send Harold with her, Drya balked. Even that nice multi-use will draw eyes on this outpost. Mycon Prime had a better idea than Harold. I'll get George out of storage, he told Carolina. George? Fieldstone asked when he overheard Carolina and Transom discussing it. Another bot shall we have for our Mycon, Carolina answered. Juice built him. He's not good looking, but George is pretty inconspicuous. If ugly is inconspicuous, Transom added. Who the hell is Juice? Fieldstone asked. Where the hell is Juice is a better question, Carolina muttered. Not important right now. Anyway, yeah, tell Drya we'll be sending George with her. Roger that, Fieldstone said, shrugging. Drya was apparently busy, loading local directories from her subscription service onto her eyewear. Common practice for people in her profession out in the letters. Her license as an investigator provided access to letters-wide government and law enforcement databases even the Micons would struggle to crack. Carolina was already warming to both Drya as a person and as a potential asset to the team. Even so, Carolina was glad Micon would be on her shoulder as she approached Acop Hernan and his people. Drya's reaction was priceless when George joined her at the rear airlock door once they'd sat down at the airfield. Well, Carolina, you officially own the prettiest and ugliest two bots in the letters. Drya laughed and shook her head. No offense, George, you bucket of bolts. She, of course, had no idea she was speaking of the same AI, who piped up. I shall follow your lead, ma'am. Oh, you better, Drya answered. You can't be disobedient when you're that ugly, pal. <laughs> That's like physics or something. Carolina waited until they'd stepped out the airlock and then turned to Fieldstone. I get what you see in Drya. She's growing on me quick. She does that, he answered. It wasn't more than a couple hours before Drya had located Hernan and his people. The crew was sitting at the atrium table, finishing dinner when she pinged. I've got good news and bad, she announced. Good news is we have a location on Hernan. Bad news is... It's in the middle of a convention of Terran badasses. Kind of like a bunch of clones of our two guys, only younger and angrier looking if that's possible. Encrypting a stream now. Hang on. Carolina gestured for the ship's Micon to root Drya's stream to the float screen, which popped up over the dinner table. We got those two guys there, Drya began. This is a hotel in the low town, I guess they call it. Right outside the city center. And there's... Those two guys over there, two more on that roof up there, hiding back from the edge right now, which no doubt means they could put up drones in a heartbeat as well as snipe you out of existence if anyone got near our target. And if they're climbing on rooftops, I bet they got the entire block surveilled. Probably an AI watching from as many cameras as they could hang, and more. This is more security than we've seen for Hernan by far. I haven't seen the big guy again since he and his five guys went inside. So that's the summary. Okay, Carolina said. Thanks, Drya. Let us know if anything changes. Sure, 
she responded, cutting the video from her eyewear. Oh, and this is nothing concrete, but this city? I mean, something is off in the energy around here. It's a kind of quiet I've never seen in my life. Like, dread. Maybe it's me and all this stuff has got me spooked, but this city seems like it's holding its breath. Fieldstone looked over at Transom, who shrugged and just stated, We're not going to know until we know. Right, their new friend stated. Dry it out. The audio feed cut. Drya checked in two additional times that afternoon, and each time it was to report more security, up to 15 more Terran soldiers in civilian clothes, sticking out badly enough that the regular people in the city were staring at the outsiders, doing double takes as they went about their usual business near the hotel. The consensus aboard the Yankee chaos was that there had to be an even heavier hitter than Hirnan inside that hotel, a present-day member of the war chief's cabinet, or maybe a lesser commodore, here to take a report on whatever it was Hirnan was doing out in the letters. It took the ship's Micon clone several hours, but at Transom's request, he poured over citywide footage near the hotel, trying to identify the other major Terran player, hoping to get a headshot as the group entered the hotel. He identified the moment the group arrived, but found that the Aterans must have been using some EM interference to scramble the signal. Even he couldn't clean it up, using any algorithm he knew. Why, see, this is Drya, their newest operative called back early that evening. Hernan is moving, relaying video feed now. It's probably tough to see in this light, but he's got his guys with him. All our old friends, Fields. No more, though. I do think he's staying at the hotel but he's clearly not the big security concern. Copy that, D. Fields said. What do you guys want me to do? I've walked a perimeter around this hotel about 40 times. I've sat on benches and stood around, but I'm feeling obvious and not so inclined to stand out here all night. This is clearly not a good place to approach Hernan if that's the plan. Fields shook his head as he signed off, telling Drya to stand by. A few minutes later... The ship's Micon cracked the shipyard's camera bank, and within seconds had the footage of three different Ateran teams arriving. A forward security team that preceded the main protectee, the high-value target's arrival, and Hernan's arrival with the last team. Which would you like to see? The Micon asked them. All of them, Transom said. But get us stills of that big fish first and identify if you can, please. That will hardly be necessary for me to do. Mycon said, displaying a clear headshot of Miles Quartus, eliciting an audible grumble from Transom, who shook his head at the sight. Shit, was all Fieldstone said. Carolina looked up at the float screen, and then over at Transom. Well? He was still shaking his head in disbelief. Give me a second, boss, I'm thinking. What's there to think about? We need to lie low and reacquire Hernan later, Fields insisted. Who is he? Carolina asked. Miles Cordis? Fields said, a bit surprised Carolina didn't know who he was by name. He's Commodore over eight of our twelve fleets. He's my former Commodore Grice's boss's boss. Literally the highest ranking flag officer still under commission and not on the war chief's staff. He's practically high command. If they get a sniff of transom socks in the breeze while they're on this planet, they'll nuke this airfield, Captain. I assure you, we need to get gone yesterday. No, Transom said, 
simply leaving that one-word statement there and making no follow-up. No? What do you mean, no? Fields asked. Think about this for a minute, Transom said. It gives us, like, ten different advantages we'll likely never have again. Fieldstone's face was indignant, in disbelief. Like what? Name one. Ingress and egress, came a voice from the far side of the atrium. Wren, who had been half-listening from the commissary, had turned her head toward them, smiling. You're being a smart-ass, Doctor, Transom said. But you're being a smart, smart-ass at least. I've been listening. Ingress and egress, ingress and egress, blah, blah, blah. She's right, sort of. We got footage of the ingress, so we can identify the teams exactly, Transom explained. We only care about Hernan, right? So presumably he's going to leave with his team, not with the Commodore. They're not going to be looking for us. Not in a million years. If they're looking for a threat, it'll be a lone assassin or a Trasp strike team. Or pretty much anything not us. You and me, Fields, we can file in and pass for security agents well enough at a distance. We just need to get somebody close to him. How the hell are we going to do that, Transom? Fields asked. Transom looked back at Fieldstone with a devilish grin. I've got an idea, Captain, but it's going to mean taking down a layer of secrecy with both our new friends. A matter of trust. Carolina looked over at Transom, not quite picking up on the plan until he looked toward the rear of the ship ever so briefly, to the back where Micon Prime stored his vacant new shell. Oh, Carolina said. Oh, interesting. That might work. You said your new friend likes to do things the easy way, Fields, Transom said. No easier way than having our target walk right into our airlock. That I'd like to see, Transom. You pull that off and you'll be worth your reputation. It'll take some work, Carolina said. Let's get Drya and George back aboard so we can start to run through this. When Drya returned, Carolina and Transom met briefly on the flight deck with Micon Prime participating in the discussion remotely. They had questions about how well that new body of his mimicked humans. Clearly, it was a close enough representation to fool Drya into at least having questions. It also helped that the human avatar he'd chosen wasn't exactly a Micon shell look-alike. They'd also seen Rishi's shell, and though none of them had met the real Rishi when she was human, they'd all remarked on how they never would have guessed she was anything but human. Rishi the person. I can spoof almost anyone, Mykon said. I cannot promise perfect reliability, like fooling someone's mother, perhaps. Shared memories are certainly a vulnerability. But, if you are thinking of putting me close to Akop Hernan, I think there is a high probability of success over a very short timeline. What do you need? Transom asked. Can you just look at the guy and poof, take his shape, or what? More data is better but I could stitch together a 3D model from multiple stills. Known points of reference will improve the accuracy of the physical avatar. Recordings of his voice should be sufficient. You're not the only one with that talent, Sebastian. No doubt, Transom said with a wry smile, mimicking Mykon's voice. So we're going to need to get close to them beforehand, Carolina asked. That would dramatically improve the odds of my deception being successful. Andrea, Transom asked, are both of you comfortable revealing our prime here to our new guest? She seems to have her eyes open to some degree, Carolina said. I'm not sure, though. 
She also seems to have a sense that knowing what we know could put her in danger. Let's let them make the call on it then, Transom suggested. Tell them it's dangerous, and then, eyes open or shut, their choice. Fields and Drya were sitting down together at the atrium table, finishing up a very late dinner. They were both smiling and laughing as Carolina and Transom approached from the flight deck. The easy way, Transom said, looking at Drya as he and Carolina sat. Fields said that's your specialty, and we're going to need a little bit of it if you're willing to help us. So far I haven't seen any reason not to. Good, Transom said. We need a way to get close to Hernan's security detail without tipping them off. For who to get close? You and Fields, or any of us? Because any of us is real easy. You two would take some finagling. Any of us. Oh, that's super easy. If we're confident they're not going to fly out of here in the next couple days, we just watch them, figure out where the boys go to drink when they're off duty, and then me and Blondie get all dolled up and honeypot them. Maybe even the doctor if she's up for it. She seems like a secret fun girl, I have to say. But you're going to have to lighten up a bit, Carolina. You know, act natural, not so distant. Transom was laughing. I won't be joining you, Carolina said. But someone else will. I have a serious question for both of you. I want to know how much you're willing to risk. You especially, Drya. Look, Captain, I know this is dangerous... And I'm kind of okay with it. This has been eye-opening for me. Kind of fun. It is serious, though. Sure, serious. People would kill you to get the information you're going to learn working with us. Yeah, but I don't get the sense you'd hang me out to dry like that. You back your people, right? Carolina nodded. That's all I need to know. I'm all in, Carolina. Ready for the secret sauce. Mycon? Carolina said gesturing for the Prime to step into the atrium. He was wearing his advanced shell from before, the one Verona's sect and Edis Ali had made for him. That bot, Drya, is also a Mycon. He's also the same AI that accompanied you to the city in the body of George. He's also Mycon Prime, Transom said. He loves telling everybody that. Yes, Sebastian, thank you for stealing my thunder. Boom, said Transom, grinning. That's not all, Carolina said, gesturing to Mycon. Apologies, Captain Dreesen, but apart from yourself and Dr. Wren, I haven't been close to a better candidate for a female avatar. Drya looked over at Fields probingly. He shrugged, shaking his head. Mycon then morphed, before their eyes, into an eerily perfect replica of Carolina's oldest Athosian friend, the socialite Triss Ball. Drya gasped and Fieldstone's eyes got wide. Transom began shaking his head, glaring over at Mycon. Triss, he grumbled. Really? Oh, she's perfect, Drya said, wide-eyed. But, sorry, I gotta come back to something. Mycon Prime, you said? The one and only, Mycon said, perfectly mimicking Triss's voice. And you called her Captain Dreesen, Drya said gesturing to Carolina. Carolina Dreesen. She paused, her eyes alternating between Fields, who nodded, and then back to Carolina. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. I'm supposed to be an investigator? But you weren't even using a fake name, Carolina. 
I thought you looked familiar. I just didn't think it was possible. Transom was grinning. I guess I didn't get to steal your thunder after all, Bolts. So sorry. That's okay, Samson. I still love you. Mycon replied in Triss's voice. Okay, wait, Carolina said. Mycon, you're creeping me out. Take off Triss's face and everybody settle down, please. This is serious. So serious, came Ren's voice from the hallway to the medical bay. She was standing there beside Soch. Both of them practically doubled over laughing. Transom was glaring at Mycon, shaking his head. Welcome to the team, you two, Soch said, half smiling. It doesn't get any less ridiculous from here. After the crew had settled down and discussed their preliminary plans for extracting Hernan, Drya went back down to the city with Mycon to observe the Aterans. Transom zeroed in on the egress, specifically the lift from the crater's basin up to the airfield above. There were four operating lifts, two freight elevators, and two passenger cars. That was the pinch point Transom was focused on. The goal was simple. Get Mycon to convincingly copy one of Hernan's security team, incapacitate the others on the ride up the lift, and, one way or another, get Acop Hernan from the top of the lift to the Yankee Chaos before any of the Aterans had the chance to intervene. Then, take off, jump out of the system, and interrogate him. The element of surprise made it a reasonable possibility, and the security footage the Mycon clone had pinched helped them to sketch out their probable exit protocols. Their largest question was when Hiernan's group was planning to leave Petros. Transom and Fields were sitting at the atrium table with Soch and Carolina, sketching out contingencies for the operation. They'd decided that the easy way in this case would be attacking the elevator station's security. They tasked the Mycon clone with probing how difficult it would be for him or Mycon Prime to quietly gain control over the elevator cars. City infrastructure like that tended to be fairly hardened. Mycons were known to be dynamic, sophisticated, and notoriously mischievous AIs, though. The Mycon clone returned an answer after about 15 minutes of probing. I will need 40 minutes lead time to seize control undetected. I could do it in 20, but that would leave a trace. That'll work, Fields stated. They'll send two guys up to clear the ship. As soon as we see them coming up, we start the clock. We just need to know approximately when to get Mycon Prime inserted, and how, and I like our chances. Presumably, he'll have some input on that when he and Drya get back. He does, the Mycon clone interjected over the atrium speakers. They are on their way back now. We've been discussing their progress. Apparently, Miss Ball was quite a hit with your Terran counterpart, Sebastian. Transom shook his head. Fields grinned. Something I should know about, Transom? Athos, he grumbled. Never mind, as long as we're on track. Prime has requested that you await his return to discuss contingencies with him and Ms. Drea, the Mycon clone stated. When's this all going down, ship? Sosh asked. Not like a few hours, right? Tomorrow? The next day? The day after tomorrow. I'm going to get something to drink. Vodka berry, anyone? Carolina? She shrugged. What the hell? Soch looked over at Transom, who glared back at him. Vodka berry? Fields asked. Athos, Transom grumbled. Don't ask. Suit yourselves, Soch said, 
smiling. They sat for another twenty minutes or so, mostly making small talk while they waited for Mykon Prime and Dryer to get back to the ship. When they returned, Mykon was wearing his normal shell, and Dryer was wearing a wide smile, leaning into Mykon Prime, her arm locked in his. Your friend here, Captain Carolina, he makes a convincing, tipsy, flirty girl from Athos, I have to say. I had an excellent model from which to build my avatar, Mykon said. Yeah, well, I'm glad you two had your fun, but don't expect to see her again unless it's absolutely necessary. I think we've all had enough fun at my friend's expense, wouldn't you say, Sebastian? Agreed. I did have a lot of fun, Dryas said. I knew you weren't the only Ateran who knew how to have a good time, Fieldstone. She let go of Mykon and took a few deliberate steps over to the table, where she set herself down on Fieldstone's lap. We have a time of departure, I hear. Carolina said. Not precise, but our Eteran friends were looser with their schedule and a few other details than they should have been. And you got close to a few of those boys? Fields asked. Oh, so close, Drya said, leaning in and kissing Fieldstone's neck. She did. I didn't. They had a major, too, but he wasn't as well-seasoned as this one. Well, Carolina said. Sounds like you two had an interesting time. I'm sworn to secrecy, Drya said. I kind of like you guys. Weird bunch. But it's been fun so far. Give it a little time, Transom said. All kinds of different shades of fun around here. Tomorrow, then, Mykon said. We'll drill through the op until we're ready. Fieldstone tilted his back behind Drya to meet eyes with Mykon. Tomorrow, he said. Good idea. In the morning, the group met and made adjustments to their strategy. And though Fields awarded Transom style points for his plan to get Hernan to walk into the YC's rear airlock on his own, they ultimately decided on a higher percentage option. Isolate the group in the elevator, incapacitate, and evacuate before the Eterans had any chance to respond. That plan was fully dependent on getting Mycon into that elevator in the form of one of Harrington's security agents. The tricky part was being sure which of the five agents would be in the elevator with him, as one would likely be left on the airfield to watch their ship after they'd cleared it, and one would be waiting at the top of the elevator to ensure a clear path to Hernan's ship. Apart from that wrinkle, the plan was the same. Soch and Fields would take out Hernan's man at the top of the elevator. Transom would take the guy at the ship. Their only other concern was getting Drya out smoothly, as she'd volunteered to help Mykon slip into Hernan's security team as seamlessly as possible. Watching Fieldstone drill the group gave Ren and Carolina an even deeper sense of how well-practiced a finely-tuned operation like their team could be. It reminded Carolina of a stage production. Perfect choreography. Each dancer in step. They ran through their ideal scenario so many times Carolina lost count. Then, Fields took them through a long list of contingencies for all the possible variables they anticipated. After every possibility had seemingly been drilled, Carolina asked about the one part that hadn't come up. Sebastian, you're in charge of the guy at the ship, right? How are you going to take him out? Don't worry, boss, he said. I won't kill him unless I absolutely have to. And I won't. She looked at him probingly. Don't worry about it, he said. 
and that was the end of that conversation. The rest of the evening they spent relaxing and watching the security feeds, monitoring Hernan's movements from afar. There was unexpected activity the following morning. Miles Cordes's forward security group arrived at the airfield to clear the two ships they'd arrived in. After they'd cleared Cordes's ships, they left four people to watch the ships and two more at the top of the elevators. The crew of the Yankee Chaos had yet to see any sign of Acop Hernan's people. Fieldstone took that as a sign that Cordes was still planning to leave before Hernan's group. Nonetheless, Drya insisted on rushing down to the hotel, in case Acop Hernan's team began to move out with them. If Hernan does leave with Cordes's group, there's nothing we can do at this point, Fieldstone said. That's not true, Transom responded. It's not preferable, but it's doable. No, thank you, Transom. We're not shooting at our own people. Let's keep our options open, Transom insisted. Last resort. We can't allow Hernan to slip away. Run the op, Carolina stated. I will make the call if it comes to shooting. Roger that, Captain, Transom said. Drya and Mykon stepped out. She, dressed in civilian clothes, he, dressed similarly, atop a shell mimicking Triss Ball once again. They hurried down to the hotel, with the Mykon clone keeping Prime updated on all the feeds he was monitoring from Yankee Chaos. Drya and Mykon Prime made record time from the ship to the hotel lobby, which they entered under the pretext of having brunch. Drya sighted and approached one of Hernan's forward guys in the lobby. He was clearly focused, working, and had no interest in being distracted, or at least being seen as distracted by his boss. Drya managed to get him to reveal they were upstairs getting ready to leave. Sorry, the operative said. You girls missed your chance the other night. We're out of here. We missed out? Drya said. You sure about that? Doesn't have to be that way. We are in a hotel. He smiled. You're about 15 minutes too late, but I'm working, so I can't talk right now. Drya stepped away, feigning disappointment when the second forward operative appeared. Start the clock, she relayed to the ship. Those two forward operatives left the hotel to clear Acop Hernan's ship in the top of the elevator, the same as Quartus's forward team, who were still standing in the airfield. Drya relayed that there was an urgency about the two operatives as they left, that perhaps they were late. Something. Suddenly, the lobby was filled with Miles Quartus's people. Where's Hernan? Transom pinged Drya. Any eyes on him? Drya and Triss were just being seated in the lounge inside the lobby. They hadn't seen Hernan or his other three people. Something's up, Drya said. Hernan isn't here, but Cordis practically sprinted through the lobby. The crew, who were monitoring the external hotel feeds from Yankee Chaos, could see that the Commodore's people were already departing. They weren't waiting for Hernan. I'm going to try to pick up the Major at the elevator, Mykon Prime stated in Triss's voice. Hopefully he comes down alone. If not, I'll assume one of the forward operative's identities. If this goes any more sideways, we're aborting, Carolina relayed. They weren't supposed to be leaving for hours, right? Affirmative, Drya whispered under her breath, casually glancing back and forth between the lobby and the menu she was pretending to peruse. Any idea why they're all running out of there now? Carolina asked. You know what we know, Dreyer responded. Just then, 
she caught a glimpse of Akop Hirnan's major, who signaled to her with a tug on his ear. That gesture informed her that Mykon had acquired Hirnan's major. He's in, Dryas said. Prime's in. Hang on. The service bot approached the table, and Dryas did her best to pretend to be interested in the menu, feigning indecision. Just then, Akop Hirnan, Mykon, and the two remaining Ateran security operatives rushed through the hotel lobby to a waiting vehicle outside. I have to pee, she told the bot suddenly, getting up from the table. Sorry. The Mycon clone had a vehicle waiting for Drya, who casually left the hotel herself now. Their entire meticulously planned operation had become a matter of timing. Cordis's forward detail, six operatives strong, was still on the airfield deck, and Hirnan's two forward guys were also heading up the elevator to join them. That's eight guys up here, Fieldstone said. We can count, old man, Transom told him. Let's get our affairs in order. Soch was waiting for them by the walkway leading back to the gear hall. Transom greeted his half-metal shipmate. Metal face? Another good day to be alive. And stay alive, Transom agreed. Carolina and Wren watched from the flight deck as Akop Hernan made his way toward the elevators. There was now a shrinking window of opportunity to execute their plan, and it depended entirely on the Commodore, Miles Quartus, and his party, taking off without waiting for Akop Hernan and his people. He won't wait, the Mycon clone announced. Prime has relayed the reason for their urgency. An attack is imminent. Mycon Prime presumes this attack is Trasp, as it seems there is uncertainty among the Aterans. They just got word minutes before vacating the hotel. Should we abort? Carolina asked. Negative, Transom stated from his position in the rear airlock. Our timeline extends to getting Drea and Prime back aboard anyway. If we can take Hirnan without extending our stay on Petros, then we scoop him and screw. Let's not abort unless grabbing him delays us. What do we know about this attack? Carolina asked the ship. Prime's answer is rather sardonic, the Mycon clone stated. He says that the Aterans are running, which should tell us all we need to know. Carolina watched as the dots on the float screen cleared various landmarks. The base of the elevator, the airfield concourse, Quartish's ships, Hirnan's ship, and creeping along in blue dots on the float screen were her people. Drya's vehicle was tailing just behind Mycon Prime and Hirnan, approaching the base of the elevator. Sosh and Harold, now at the upper concourse, were keeping eyes on what little foot traffic there was going down to the city. Transom was out on the airfield, making his way toward Hernan's ship. Fieldstone, for fear of being recognized by Quartus's people, was holding in the Yankee Chaos's rear airlock. Carolina had the feeling the op was coming unglued. The Mycon clone could see the nervous energy in her face. Captain, rest assured, remember that I control the key element to this scenario the elevators, and, be advised, Miles Cordes and his people are now on the airfield deck. Soch relayed the same information from his position, observing sixteen plainclothes operatives, about as conspicuous as they could be, rushing their protectee into an awaiting deck vehicle. The rest of them filed into two trailing airfield carts, and the small convoy began to rush off toward Miles Cordes's two ships. Mycon announced that Hirnan's team was arriving at the base of the elevator. 
The Mycon clone had taken care to manipulate the elevator traffic so that there was an empty car waiting for them. Drya, Fields asked. I promise you she will exit those elevators before Hernan does, the Mycon clone responded. Hernan's top guy is looking awful jumpy out here, Soch relayed. Anybody else think we should get our engines warm? In due time, Mycon responded. Relax and execute on my cues. Stand by, please. It seemed like minutes passed, but it was only twenty seconds later when Mycon gave word that Drya had boarded the passenger elevator at the base of the crater. Sosh, be advised. Hernan's man may get suspicious when Drya's elevator opens and his people aren't on it. If you must take him early, take him early. Roger that, ship. Fieldstone arrived behind Sosh at the top of the elevators, announcing that he was in position as well. Miles Cordis's ships are taking off, Mycon announced. We're a go. Carolina took a deep breath, looking over at Wren beside her on the flight deck. Wren did her best to return a reassuring look. There's an additional contingency we hadn't figured in our scenarios, Mycon informed Carolina. If any of the Aterans in Hernan's team are able to signal to Quartus's ships that we've abducted Akop Hernan, the Yankee Chaos would be vulnerable and outmatched for several minutes of airtime. That's if they prioritize Hernan over fleeing. What do you recommend, Mycon? I suggest our people be certain about incapacitating Hernan's security detail. How certain do we have to be? It's likely we will be dead in the air if the Aterans turn on us in those two vessels. The call is yours. Relay as much to our people, Carolina said. Kill or incapacitate. Their discretion. Understood, Captain Dreesen, Mycon stated. True to his word, Mycon made certain Drya's elevator reached the top before Hernan's. Fieldstone rushed toward the elevator. As soon as the doors opened, Fields escorted Drya directly to the vehicle Hernan's man was holding for the former war chief at the edge of the airfield. And, as he'd correctly guessed, that instigated a scuffle between the two men, ostensibly over the vehicle. And while the two Aterans were squaring off, Soch ended the fight before it even started, calmly stepping behind Hernan's man, completely unnoticed, and delivering a vicious thump to the back of the Aterans' neck with his metal fist. When Hernan's elevator finally arrived, all the humans on it had been fully incapacitated by Mycon Prime, including Hernan himself. Mycon, still in the guise of Akop Hernan's security chief, calmly carried him across the concourse on his shoulder to the waiting vehicle. By the time they arrived back at the Yankee Chaos, Transom was outside, waiting to flag them in, watching the group six for any unexpected activity. Any problems? Soch asked him as he ushered Drya into the airlock. Transom shook his head. No problems. Fieldstone shot a harsh look over at Transom. No problems, he repeated. Let's get off this rock before whatever's coming gets here. Hernan was still unconscious, and Wren was there to meet him just inside the rear airlock. She had Prime take the old Ateran chief directly to her table in the med bay and secure him for takeoff. Well done, everybody, Carolina said, as coolly as she could manage. As soon as everyone's secure, we're off the deck. By the time they cleared Petros's thin atmosphere, Miles Cordis's ships had already jumped away. They'd been replaced on Mycon's flight matrix with dozens of incoming ships approaching Petros in formation from four different vectors. 
Nothing could be done. Nothing to say. Petros was defenseless. The hundreds of thousands of people who remained beneath them in those delicate, habitable bubbles were at the mercy of the merciless. Mycon jumped the ship out, with no particular destination. Another hop to another letter. In the moment, it was unknowable, but for the rest of their lives, none of them would ever forget Alpha Petros. The letter's offensive had begun. Letter Hopping This has been an original story, written and read by P.E. Rowe. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this story. If you're enjoying the channel, and you enjoyed today's story, I'd humbly ask that you leave a like on today's video, as it helps the channel to grow and reach more sci-fi fans like you. If you're new to the channel, or you just found this video and may be thinking, I like this story, but I'm not entirely sure about everything that's going on, take heart. Today's story was the second episode in Season 2 of a series which we started on the channel this past year. If you'd like to catch up completely, and to help support the channel ad-free, you'll find a link to my bookstore in the description below, where you can find The Misfits, Book 1, in paperback, ebook, or audiobook. There's also a link in the description and the pinned comment below for the video of the complete first season on YouTube, which does have ads on it. Either way, you can help support the channel and get caught up on all the Misfits adventures fast and be ready for the next episode in a few weeks. Be sure to subscribe and click the notifications bell to ensure you're notified when each new episode goes live. Next Thursday, March 7th, is going to be my first bye week of the year, so I can focus on growing the channel. If you'd like to help out so I can continue to publish this work here for free, sharing is one of the best ways to help me get the word out. Thank you if you have already shared my stories. I surely appreciate it. After the bye, we'll be back again, March 14th, with a story on the topic of virtual utopias. And to close out the month, we'll have last month's audience topic poll winner, Deep Space Assassin, and the third episode of Misfits. I hope you'll join us for those stories when they come out. Thanks for listening. This has been P.E. Rowe, and we'll see you next time.